How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 35 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and uh, today we are continuing our crossover episodes. Uh, we got the Mariners guy this week, or that today. So we got DC Lundberg of Locked On Mariners. Um, you know, uh, there's not a lot of A's news going on. Uh, we're maybe looking at June baseball at this point. Um, not a lot, you know, is for certain right now. I know that, uh, in the Bay area where I live, uh, things are being shut down. We are, it is now 1201. So we are currently quarantined or, you know, ask not to go outside politely. Um, so that is, uh, that's what's going on right now. It's going to be fun. I'm downloading MLB the show as we speak. So, uh. That should keep me busy. And then I uh, got some books, got a recliner. So, uh, you know, take it easy. It should be fun. I uh, get a couple of weeks off of work. Hopefully it's not more than that because uh, Jason's got bills to pay. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be that. Um, DC Lundberg and I, we talked, uh, you know, a little, little bit about baseball uh, in the second half of the podcast. First part is about curling because uh, that's just where the topic went. So, and baseball is not starting for two more months. And you know what? Screw it. We're going to talk about curling for a little while. So uh, there's that. We did the ad together. So uh, that's not messed up today. And uh, so hopefully you guys enjoy this and I'll be back for the outro. How's it going, DC? It's going great. How are you, Jason? I'm doing very well. A uh, little bit bummed about, you know, the season being delayed, but obviously it's the right call. So, uh, you know, we, we just uh, wait for the news to roll in and go from there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, baseball will come back. What I'm really disappointed about is the World Curling Championships, both men's and women's, have been canceled. Not postponed, they've been canceled. I did see somebody uh, saying not all sports have been canceled, and then they had a Roomba. And uh, they were just like doing like a Swiffer in front of it, and it, it made me giggle. So. <laughs> That's just, I, a I, fix, and you have a Roomba. You're set, buddy. Well, the other part of it is my uh, friend and I signed up for a Learn to Curl class, which was supposed to be this afternoon, and that got canceled too. <laughs> That's no fun. No, Man. but they're, hopefully they will reschedule them instead of just canceling those outright. But uh, we, we're talking about curling. We're not here to talk about curling. You're the host of Locked On A's. I'm the host of Locked On Mariners. We got to talk baseball, don't we? I, I mean, I guess unless you got more curling stuff, I do not know anything about. I, I know how curling works, uh-huh. but uh, I most I basically learn who the people are in curling when I watch like the Olympics or something because it's a very fascinating game I thoroughly enjoy it I really but, got uh, into it during the Olympics last year yeah and I, and I never let go um, for those who get the Olympic channel if you've got some sort of advanced uh, cable or satellite package they show the world championships and it's really fascinating to watch if, if you can get into it if you've got the time I can understand how it might be kind of tough to access on the surface though I just like all the yelling that goes on uh, in, in the background, and you don't know if it's like in the game that you're watching, or if it's in the one next door. Oh yeah, in, in the other lanes, I, are they lanes? I don't know. They're called sheets. Uh, they're sheets. Ooh, yes. I like that. That, mm-hmm. that sounds like. <laughs> the, seeing it live is something else because it's even harder to keep track because there's yelling going on all over the place, and sometimes you can tell where it's coming from. But it is so much fun to watch live because it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of controlled chaos with five games going on at the same time, which is something I'd never seen before because I'm used to baseball where there's just one game going on, or you know, a, a bowling championship where there's just the one game going on in the finals. That is, I know that there can be thirty going on during the week, but I've never seen that before. 
Yeah. So curling is fun. Yes, it's very fun. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It always always gets back around to that, doesn't it? (laughs) I've used up all of my curling knowledge. That is okay. Your yeah. team's going to have a better season this year than than the Mariners are, so you know you can talk about baseball, and I'll talk about curling for the rest of the program. <laughs> Ooh, okay. You want to? I don't know anything about curling, so I'm like, oh, who would be like the curling people's Matt Chapman? I don't. Hmm. Star Gold Glover. I I don't know anything about who is involved in curling. That's okay. I don't even know if they're really equivalent. I don't know if I could come up with an equivalent. And I do know the, the different curlers. Defensive curls? Are there defensive people, or is it just like, eh, I, I toss them real well, and that's how it works? Well, it's 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 kind of tough to explain, because the whole team, it kind of depends on how a particular match is going, if you want to play defensively, or if you want to play offensively and try, and, and try to score. It would take far too long to explain, really, on this program. I, I know like how it works, but I know that there's got to be you know some uh, momentum that goes behind the uh, I forget what the name of the ball is now. It's um, just, just a curling stone. Oh, but the stone. That's right, the yeah. stone. Because uh, you got to do it with some sort of velocity, uh, and you want to do it with less velocity if it's closer, or if you're you know trying to play defense and you know set it up, or if you're trying to knock something out, you want to do it with more velocity. Correct. Uh, so that stuff, but I don't know you know more than that. That that I don't know the strategy that goes into it yet. Um, so on that front, you you actually sound like you know quite a bit. Quite honestly, I, I have watched a few hours of curling. Very and, good. Uh, learning a sport, I'm like, oh, I need to know everything about this right now. Yeah. And if I can't follow it, then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to keep watching this. So I'm at least able to follow curling a decent amount. Well, that's good. That's more than most people can say. <laughs> At the, I, I attended the national championships because they happened to be in a city 20 minutes away from me this year. Uh, that's about a month ago, actually. I had the time of my life, and I, I, I took a friend with me who had never really watched curling before, had no idea what was going on. They had learned to curl ambassadors throughout the stands where you could go ask questions to these people, what's going on on the ice, what, what are they doing, how is it scored, and she is now the biggest curling fan Next to me that I know, she got into it so much. It was it was it was really cool. Is curling on TV like generally, or is it just on the Olympic Channel? It's pretty much just on the Olympic Channel. Or NBC Sports Network has Curling Night in America on Fridays, the first okay. few weeks of the season. Curling season is pretty much over at this point. It runs kind of. Uh, it's just a winter sport. But couldn't it be all the time since it's indoors? You would think so, and I would hope so. But uh, generally, um, generally, just winter. Um, also, I don't know if there's really such a thing as a professional curler. These people generally have day jobs that they attend because they're not really paid for it. Okay, well yeah. that makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you kind of show up to the qualifiers and be like, "Yeah, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a curling champion this year." <laughs> Hopefully, uh, there's there is some of that. I mean, the, the United States has a junior program and what they call a high performance program. That people and that you can apply for and your teams can apply for, but there are teams out there, I believe, who can just qualify for the championship without being a part of that program. There's actually a group of former NFL players. Mark Bulger is involved with this, who have a curling team now, and they tried to qualify for the national championships and they just missed. Which one was Mark Bulger? I'm thinking uh, Mark Brunel, and I'm like, nope, he's the lefty quarterback. 
from the Jaguars in the 90s. Mark uh, Bolger is the uh, quarterback for the St. Louis Rams who took over for Kurt Warner when he got injured. That's the one. Okay, yep. gotcha. I'm following. So before we started recording, you were like, hey, let's just have an organic conversation. I'm pretty sure you had curling in your back pocket this entire time, and you're like, no, no, we're going to do 20 minutes on curling. <laughs> Just, I swear to goodness, no, I didn't. It just kind of the way it happened. That's, I could just go off on a subject if if somebody brings something up, or if I even if I bring something up by accident, I just go off on it just because I know a lot about it. That's all. I do this at work all the time, but it's usually about baseball, where it's you know somebody will have like a, a tiger's hat on. I'm like, hey, you want to talk about some tiger stuff? And they're like, I I just like the hat. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna walk away now. I guess. I don't want to talk about it. I, I get I get the same baseball and music were the two other ones that I could really go off on, especially at work. Especially because you know we have the baseball podcast, so we're a little bit more plugged in than like casual fans and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like our knowledge base is a little bit deeper sometimes than just people that go into you know for me a restaurant and uh, are just like oh, I got this hat. I'm like oh you want to talk about this? And uh, they're like no, that's fine. I'm like okay. <laughs> When I um I used to live in this in the Seattle area, and when I found out, or when I, not when I found out, but when I chose to move to Spokane, I got myself an Indian's hat and some Spokane Indian's gear, and I started wearing it to work, and I and I would get a lot of questions on it, and uh, it was a, that was a great conversation starter because people were genuinely curious about it. I uh, I got a Baltimore Orioles hat, you know, the one with the just the Orioles face, because uh, I like the hat, and yeah. I wear it in the off season, and people would be like, "Hey, go Orioles!" I'm like. What hat am I wearing today? What's going on? <laughs> I got people yelling at me. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. That makes sense. Um, so, oh, there goes the rice. Oh, there goes the rice. That actually seems like a perfect time to take a break then, doesn't it? We should take a break. Hey, do you know that we have a great sponsor this week? Oh, we do. I think we should talk about them, shouldn't we? We should. Ladies and gentlemen, do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called With Ings produced the world's first smart scale and they are still the best in fact tom's guide rates with ing's body plus the best overall smart scale 2020 if you are looking to lose weight willpower is the key but so is having the right tools with ing's smart scales are known for durability and an exceptionally user-friendly design step on and data from every way in syncs automatically to the free app for ios and android via wi-fi or bluetooth lots of smart scales don't have the wi-fi option and it means you need to have your phone on you but with ing's body plus gives weight full body composition weight trend even a local weather report the scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's withings.com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. And one other piece of information going into our break. I've got a trivia question that'll interest both your audience and mine. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
On June 24th, 1997, in the Kingdom, Randy Johnson struck out 19 Oakland Athletics, but still lost 4-1. to In the fifth inning of this game, which Oakland Athletic hit the longest home run in Kingdom history? Mark friggin' McGuire. Well, I guess they don't have to think about it over the break because you've got the right answer. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, I yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back right after the break. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the A's and Mariners uh, combination episode where we talk about curling nonstop. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am noted baseball fan Jason Burke, joined by DC Lundberg of uh, Locked On Mariners. He's a good guy. I'm a good guy. We're having a good podcast, and uh, we're going to actually talk about baseball this time. So uh, I heard that you have a A's question that you would like to ask me. So please, feel free, DC. Sure. The one player that impressed me the most last season wasn't necessarily Matt Chapman or anybody like that. It was Marcus Simeon. When I first saw him play when he came up to the major leagues, he was such a terrible defender that I thought to myself, well, he can hit but there's no way he's going to be able to play shortstop. They're going to have to move him to first base, try him in left field, or maybe just a DH or something like that. Last season, not only did he obviously work on his defense, but he became a pretty good shortstop. And it just kind of seemed to happen overnight. Was I completely oblivious to this transformation, or or, or was it more gradual? It was a little more gradual than that, but, I mean, last season was obviously the breakout uh, performance for him. Mm-hmm. Um, his defense has been getting better and better uh, for a couple of years there. He was working with uh, Ron Washington uh, after he left Texas and he came back as a coach and uh, for the A's. Worked, he worked a lot with Marcus Semien and he was and Semien was putting in the work, putting in his time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he just put it all together last season. Um, whether or not that's the new normal for him, I don't know. Um, if he puts up a season like that again in 2020 uh we can probably kiss him goodbye because he's going to be worth so much money (laughs) but uh you know good for him though he's a local kid and i know that he wants to stay with the a's so we'll see what he can do but uh you know that's just hard work and dedication on marcus Zemian's part and you know you were right uh he was not great at defense when he came up (laughs) and uh now he is he's very he was a gold glove defender too so i mean not he didn't win, but he was nominated. Of that caliber, um, for sure, yes. Oh, yeah. He was in the top three of vote-getters. And whenever I say nominated on my podcast for one of these things, I'm like, I mean, everybody's technically nominated. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he, was a, he was a finalist. So let's go with that. That's yeah. That that's what the term is. I, I I was very happy to see it. Whenever I kind of bag on a player, it's like they're not going to be able to do this. They're not going to be able to do that. I love being proved wrong, and especially through hard work and dedication, which is how Simeon did it. He's one of my favorite players on the A's now because of that. Matt Chapman is just such a solid defender. He is so much fun to watch. Oh, he is hands down my favorite player to watch. And I I said it on one of my podcasts a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think he wins the MVP this year. You think he's the yeah, MVP think- this year? I think so. If he can do just a little bit more on offense, mm-hmm. and he is you know, a very dedicated individual, he said late last season after he'd been struggling for like a month, he's like, this is going to be my worst season ever. And I've said that a few times now. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is just a nose to the grindstone. I want to be the best that I can be. And his defense is already great. If he can put up you know, a little bit better uh, offensive stats, you know, maybe hit 270, 280, I don't know, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, five homers or something like that that's not a huge uh you know gap that he has to clear to get to that either it's just 
slight upgrade here and there. Yeah. Oh, and he's already been, I think he finished seventh last year. So he's already doing it, even though he's hitting like 250 and whatnot. So, yeah. Uh, not a lot of upgrades that need to be done to Matt Chapman. So I'm happy about that. Absolutely. Ramon Laureano is the other fun defender. That you, you guys have some good defensive players, but uh, Ramon Laureano is really the other one that I enjoy watching playing on defense, that is. Yeah, uh, I mean, he harkens back all the way back to 2012 and, you know, 2013. But uh, <laughs> that arm, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Those are you, – you see somebody trying to tag up, I'm like, oh, do it. Do it. <laughs> and then they are like, oh, that, that sucks. Okay, well, that, oh, well. No, no, he's a lot of fun, and I mean, he can put it together on offense, or you know, just stay healthy for the whole year because he hit fairly well you know, when he was healthy and all that. Yeah. Uh, so he can be another big contributor if he plays a full season, however long the season happens to be this year. And center field um, is a less offensive position. Position, pardon me, than, than third base is. So I would, ex- you know, the, the offense that he produced last season, I would accept that from an exceptional defensive center fielder. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that Ramon Laureano is kind of what the Twins were hoping Byron Buxton turns into. Yeah. I'm not and sure that's going to happen, but... Uh, yeah. Well, he keeps getting hurt, though, that poor guy. I, I, I Byron Buxton. I love watching him play the events, too. He's fun, but he can't see... You're right. He cannot seem to stay healthy. Yeah, and when he does, you know, put it together in little spurts, then he gets hurt. <sighs> I know. Oh. Always seems to happen at the worst times. Yeah. Like there's a good time to get injured, you know. <laughs> uh, staying in the outfield, though, uh, Kyle Lewis came up and he, he put up some numbers in, you know, like 18 games last year for the Mariners. Uh, what's the expectation for him? I know that he was a highly touted prospect and uh, he, he got hurt a little bit and it, it felt like he was rushed from the outside um, just because he was finally healthy and, you know, all of a sudden in the majors. But uh, what's the expectation for him in 2020? The expectation for him, he, I, he's going to play every day pretty much. At least, I th- he's going to be, I believe, the everyday right fielder. He might be in right field because Mitch Hanniger is now hurt and nobody knows when he's going to come back. I believe he hit two sixty eight when he uh, in his cup of coffee last September. I don't know if he's going to continue to hit at two sixty eight, maybe two fifty to two sixty. And the home run power that he showed, I believe, was an anomaly because he had never shown that type of power in the minors before. But then again, he peaked out. I shouldn't say peaked out, but he was at Double A last season, where they're not using the same baseball as Major League Baseball, and everybody showed more home run power than than normal. But he's—I think he's going to be a good doubles player, or doubles hitter rather, and he'll turn in solid defense as a corner. He came up as a center fielder. I don't think he's quite got the range to play center fielder, but he will be a more than adequate corner. And I think he's here to stay. I think I think he's the real deal. All right, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play a little bit when you know the A's and Mariners get together. Yeah, uh, it'll be fun. I, I also want to know a little bit more about Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kalenic. Uh, what are their tool sets like, and uh, when can we, can we expect to see them in Seattle? I think Julio Rodriguez is a bit farther away than uh, Kalenic is at this point. Rodriguez had a pretty poor spring training for what it's worth, because we're probably going to have another spring training here coming up in a, in a few weeks, or in a several weeks. But um, he's 19 years old. He's, I don't think he's as close to the majors as I thought he was a few weeks ago. I originally thought that he may be a September call-up next season. I think 2022 is more likely for him. He's going to hit. He's going to play solid defense. I don't know if he's going to be a center fielder or a corner. But he's going to hit, and he brings kind of some swag, too, which is nice. And Kelnick has a very similar 
skill set. He's a left-handed hitter. He's going to be a good line drive hitter, I think. And I, I think he probably also projects to be a corner. But he could play a pretty decent center field. And he might be ready midseason this year or maybe as a September call-up. But at the same time, I am not of the school of rushing players to the major leagues before they're ready. I know some players can can make the jump very easily from double-A to the major leagues. Juan Soto is the most obvious example that I can think of. But it's a risk to do that. And, you know, keep them in the minors a few months longer than you think that they maybe need to until they prove you wrong, until they prove, hey, I need to be at the show right now. So it's it's kind of up to them. I don't think neither of them are ready right now. They're both going to start this season in the minors. I think Rodriguez may be in advanced A Modesto and Kelnick probably in double A Arkansas. But that that's a guess. I mean, just that outfield trio is something that's going to be keeping my interest for many years now. Yes. Uh, yeah. for, for the narrative. It, it'll be fun. It will um, be. Do we break out guys that might you know, break out in 2020? Because I know that it's a young roster and you're going to be seeing you know what guys can do and all that. And, well, I will say Evan White, the uh, first baseman who has never played Major League Baseball. He's never played above double-A ball before. The Mariners still thought enough of him to give him a six-year Major League contract. He's the starting first baseman. He's had a pretty good spring. I, I'm very curious to see what he can do at the Major League level on a full-time basis. He's a potential breakout guy, as Kyle Lewis is too, because um, they both have their rookie status still. So those those are the two really that I'm that I'm looking at as far as breakout candidates. And I will also add somebody on the pitching side who I have complained about on this show a lot, but my opinion of him is changing and that's just a Sheffield. What I didn't like about him was the lack of control. He'd walked too many hitters in the minor leagues before. However, this spring he is control seems to have improved. He's also not throwing the four-seam uh, fastball anymore. He's gone to a two-seam fastball that has much more movement to it and is befuddling hitters a little bit more. So he might be a great breakout candidate. Excellent use of the word befuddling. <laughs> um, uh, another pitcher that got some uh, some play in spring training was uh, Yusei Kikuchi. He added some velocity. You think it's going to hold up, or did, was that just one start and then I didn't hear anything else about it? The velocity has kept up for Kikuchi throughout spring training. He got kind of he got he got away from his natural delivery last season and over the off season and during spring he had been working to quote simplify things end quote according to an article that I read and get back to his natural delivery. The velocity has uh, he's been consistently around 93 to 96 depending you know on the day which is certainly an improvement over last year. The thing about Kikuchi though is he gave up too many home runs last season and his control was not very good especially in the second half and his control this spring training also has not been the best that kind of worries me a little bit I could see that for sure um, it'd be nice if you know they got some pitching and whatnot they're, they have enough pieces where they're going to be an interesting team uh, I mean for me I like the A's obviously yeah. but also like uh teams that are on the rebuild or you know have some, something interesting about them like the Padres for the last couple of years the Tigers are going to be interesting because they got a bunch of young outfielders mm-hmm. uh, also when you like fantasy baseball too um, so yeah just, just little guys here and there and the, the Mariners got some pieces that I'll be keeping my eye on for sure I think the bats are a little bit ahead of the pitchers right now in terms of prospects there are a couple more pitchers who are a little bit farther away that I don't have time to get into today but um, I'll just say that Logan Gilbert and George Kirby are the two names um, 
that I'm sure that the, the Locked On Mariners audience knows about. But if you're a Locked On A's listener, please look into those two gentlemen because they are going to be pretty good Major League pitchers once the time comes. They're a couple years away, though. That sounds good. I, I'm going to definitely uh, plug them into the Google machine and uh, do all that stuff. It'll be fun. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Just about out of time, I believe. I, I think we are, yes. <laughs> we are. Where can they find you? In Spokane. No. On Twitter, they can find me at DC underscore Lundberg. L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G if you're scoring at home. And my show's uh, Twitter address is at L-O underscore Mariners. Same question to you, sir. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And uh, you can find the show at LockedOnAs. And if you have any questions for us, you can email us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And if you have any questions for me, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. That goes for both audiences. I want to hear from both of you. Yeah, we have mailbags every week or so, and uh, if, if a Mariners fan has a question, I will definitely answer that. I'll take all baseball questions. I'll take all questions, period. If you've listened to my mailbag segments before, ladies and gentlemen, not every question has to do with baseball. Send in silly questions, opinion questions. I don't care what they are, just as long as they're family-friendly, please. And also, uh, curling questions should be directed to D.C., not me. <laughs> yes, thank you very yeah. much. Jason, good to talk to you. You too, man. A big thank you to DC Lundberg for uh, doing that with us. Uh, we will be talking to him in the future, I assume, because uh, as you can tell, we had a lot of fun. Uh, he's a good guy, and uh, you know, I-, I have a soft spot for the Mariners, so I'll, I'll have to keep tabs on them as well. Um, so that's going to be it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. So in the meantime, stay safe. Uh, you know, wash your hands, do all of the stuff that uh, the CDC is saying. And uh, go out there and celebrate good times. Oh, no, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. I will talk with you guys tomorrow.